Hey Rodney, did you know Slack's been a part of the Ready for as long as I have? You mean like back in the Bryant Park days? You know it. Even when there were only a couple of us working out of a cafe in Midtown, Slack is where we came together to tackle the future of work. Over eight years later, we're fully decentralized across eight time zones, and we still do it all with Slack. That's right, because it's the AI-powered platform for growing your business, keeping your teams connected, and making work legitimately simpler. Now you can get up to speed on a new project with one-click summaries or find exactly what you need, when you need it, with an AI-supercharged search function. It makes your day-to-day easier and gives you the freedom to focus on what really matters, your future. Grow your business without the grind in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Brave New Work, a podcast about reinventing our organizations and the search for a more adaptive and human way of working. I'm Aaron Dignan, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Rodney Evans. What's up, Rodney? Hello, everybody. On today's episode, we're going to talk about remote facilitation, something we're probably all getting super duper familiar with right now. Uh, But before we do that, why don't we facilitate the old check-in round? As we do. As all the facilitators do. Ye oldie. Ye (laughs) Never, never gets tired. Uh, Okay. So our check-in round question for today, to get us present, to get us connected, to get us sharing airtime, more important now than ever, is uh, what's your current setup for a marathon video meeting? What do you, how do you (laughs) prep for that? So I, I sort of approach that the same way, and I think you and I have talked about this, but the same way I approach a long flight. Mm. Like I may not need it, but I want the optionality. Mm. So I'm going to have my bag of tricks. Uh-huh. So I usually have like an RX bar, um, a <laughs> couple drinks. fucking bars, man. Okay. <laughs> a backup. I'll have like a backup cup of ice so I can like keep servicing my drink. Um, and <laughs> what? I do. And uh, And I have this. I bought one of those purple mattresses, the ones that have the like uh, hex, you know, rubber top. I don't know if you've seen it. Google it. They're amazing. But, but free with purchase was a purple seat butt pad. Uh huh. And so if I'm going in for the long haul, that's coming out too. And that is like sitting on a cloud. Okay. (laughs) Sitting on a cloud. So I've never thought about this as the answer to the question. Yes, seriously. Um, and as (laughs) is typical, my answer is the opposite, which is I try to have some water and I try to take breaks. And that's it. Um, yeah, I don't, it's really no different for me than getting on like a 10 minute meeting. Also, I am unapologetic about, as you well know, like walking through my home to right. refill my water or get a snack or whatever. Right. I or definitely make tea su- or make coffee. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I definitely subscribe to the like, you know, let's not pretend that we're not in my house right now. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on meetings and videos, you know, seven plus hours, many days, the moment is going to come where you're going to see my kitchen. And like, if that's offensive yeah. to you, I I don't know what to say. My current remote Zoom fantasy is to have like a few different scenes in the house, sure. like a Today Show. So it's kind of like, I'm in the office, da, 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 it's the morning segment. And then I, when I have to go make tea or coffee in the kitchen, it's like the kitchen set. Yes. And, and I've got the apron that says, you know, brave new work on it or the ready on it. And then I'm like, um, yeah. So I want to have like scenes in the house that are built for, for this, but I haven't started that project yet. 
funnily, my clients now definitely know the difference between the lake house backdrop and the yes. Durham backdrop. And so I'll get on a call and they're like, oh, you're still at the lake. How is it? How's the weather up there? Like, what's, exactly. what's the water level like? And it's like, it's just a, <laughs> it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Yeah, I want to throw to Aaron in the kitchen. Be like, all right, and uh, we're gonna after these messages, we're gonna be back with Aaron in the kitchen making up some uh, Java. If you drank coffee, but really it would just be Which more ice. I'm trying to just be more accessible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know how you're getting through a pandemic without coffee. Anywho. Today's topic is remote facilitation, which, you know, we should probably also talk about the fact that meetings should be facilitated as part of this. Right. Because maybe yes, some let's of define our listeners terms. are not necessarily yet jiving with that. Uh, but let's just start by talking about why we need a facilitator and what some of the longer sessions are that we have been part of lately. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean... Every meeting should have facilitation. I think that's our that's our belief. The mm -hmm. facilitation can vary in how heavy it is, um, but I, I do believe that the norm out there in most places is sort of leader facilitated, mm. which is not really facilitated. Like it's it's you know it's we're moving based on the you know whims of the folks in the room, and and it's more conversational and it's more fluid, which normally you'd think we'd be big fans of because we're so into emergence and flexibility. Mm. But without any structure, and we tend to, you know, run the risk of not having things like equal talk time and participation and getting what we need and getting our needs met and avoiding power dynamics and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I'm plus one for facilitation, which just means holding us as a team to a structure, to, to a rhythm, to a set of things that we're here to do and kind of keeping us accountable to that as a group. Um, so, yeah, pro, pro facilitation. And then as for, um, you know, the need for that and, and length of things I've been a part of, uh, I think the longest, I'm trying to think, I think the longest virtual thing I've been a part of was probably an eight hour day. Ugh. Like it was probably a full no. day thing. Yeah. With like breaks, but like we were going to be together forever. I don't want to do um, that. No, it was like living a year. Yeah. It was, it was impossible, um, which we can talk more about why that is later, but we can talk I don't know. About what about that. you? Yeah. Um, I was at the very beginning of working fully remotely. I was on two back-to-back four-hour days, and mm -hmm. I wanted to die. And someone, someone recently asked our team, asked Allie and I to do um, like a day-long offsite for them uh, at our current client, but in a group that we don't normally work with. And I was like, "Really? Let's break this into two days." And they were like, "No, no, 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 no. We got it." And I was like, <laughs> "Really? Really?" You don't break it into two days. And I, and they really wanted to go back and forth about it. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, if you guys want to do it in a day, I'll come for the first half. And then you're mm -hmm. on your own. See how you do. Because I just feel like staring into a screen in hour six yeah, is yeah. not the move. Yeah. And what's really frustrating about the you know remote phenomenon that's happening right now for all of us is even if you're not in a six-hour Zoom call, you are doing six hours of, six Zoom, hours calls. of Zoom calls. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not the same one. Exactly. And so I feel like we are paying the tax. We just have like a slight, you know, entertainment value boost from having different faces show up. Yeah, mixing um, it up a little. With different contexts. So let's start by talking about what we're experiencing. Um, I, I feel like many of us, the two of us included, are doing either doing more remote facilitation or participating with other people facilitating us in virtual environments more than we ever have in our lives. 
And so I'm curious just what you're noticing about what works, what doesn't, what you're feeling, what you're seeing. Like how how would you characterize the kind of the the norm versus the folks that are doing it really well? Yeah. So we talked uh, during the Ready for Anything series about not just recreating all of the bullshit meetings that you had in the office on Zoom. Uh, And what I have noticed, I'm curious if you're noticing this too, what I've noticed is that that was very much how it started. Like within the Mm -hmm. first month was like, we'll just do all the things. And then we'll also add a bunch of meetings because we don't see each other. We don't have working sessions and blah, 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 blah. And I'm starting Mm -hmm. to see that uh, dissipate a bit. And not just on the work front. It's like, I feel like a lot of us have chilled out on the video happy hours and the video movie watching (laughs) and like the video exercise and like the video everything. And I think in a lot of instances, people are, what I'm seeing is in terms of meetings, they're starting to move to like, what can we write down and share? What can we do in a chat instead? And in and I'm seeing facilitators in some of those meetings uh, calling that out and being like, mm-hmm. did we need to talk about this here or could you have just sent that to us? Right. And right. so I'm seeing a bit of a shift from replicate and add and make it all be on video to let's actually parse the work to be done and put it where it belongs. Yeah. So in some ways, it's like facilitation around the facilitation, which is why are we even doing this, though? And and how do we minimize it and make it more bearable? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Which I think, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. What I'm noticing is um, is a tool gap. Mm. Um, So the biggest thing that's standing out to me is that people are pretty quickly adjusting to what you know, what do you need to be able to do to be successful in a Zoom meeting? And, And that means like, calling on people, talking in rounds, including folks, knowing, you know, who's there and who isn't there, um, voting on things, like all the stuff that you sort of do in person more casually, um, if you're doing it well, is is now required. And, and the tools are just woefully inadequate. So, you know, Zoom has incredible pipes and it looks great, but like, it's really not easy to vote on things to, you know, to, if, to create a poll or a survey, you have to click the button, end up back in the interface in the web, mm-hmm. design the survey, and then go back to Zoom. Yeah. Um, you know, talking in rounds, there's no way to know what order people are in. We're all in a different order on everybody's screen. Right. What the actual F is going on when we're when people are designing a tool expressly for this purpose? And nobody's thinking about, well, what if the first part of every meeting is, Let's all let's go around the room and hear what everyone does for a living. How are you supposed to do that when not, no one knows what the order is? So then we right. have to call names and then it's obnoxious and then the person's on mute and they're not ready. And so I just am sensing a lot of frustration with like the tools keeping up with the practices. Yeah. You know, what would be cool is if in Zoom or its competitors, even the um, tiles were in the same order. Yes. Like even that would make such a big difference as a facilitator because if I could just be like, we're going to stop in the – we're going to start in the top left with Sharon and we're going to go Brady Bunch style down Z formation. Everybody knows what I mean. Go across, then go back, then go across. So lovely. That would make a huge difference. But like it's like Sharon's left is my center, you know? I know. I know. And the only thing is like, you know, because each of us is the center of the universe – where we sit in that formation 
is not a given. It's so wild. So anyway, that's one of the things I'm noticing. The other thing I'm noticing is that um, facilitators, myself included, don't have a good sense of when we need a break. Mm. So I don't know if we need norms around that. I don't know if we need guidelines or even like cultural standards where we just say like every every 59 minutes, a bell goes off. I mean, yeah. again, back to the tooling, wouldn't it be amazing if Zoom was like, hey, y'all, been at this for 75 minutes. How right. about a break? I'll play yeah. some music for you while you take a five minute break. How does this playlist sound from link to Spotify? Like yes. my head would explode with excitement. Dude, we got to have also, we'll come back to that. We need Zoom. We need piped in music because yes. when I'm facilitating, I ask people to do work during meetings. This yes. is a thing that is revolutionary in the corporate environment, but we do work together sometimes in a shared on document, calls. sometimes yeah. on our own. Sometimes we read things. Sometimes we write things. It's amazing right. what happens. And, you know, you inevitably have someone who's like heavy breathing into the phone, into right. this video, right, right, and right. that's awkward. And we just need like <laughs> some Jeopardy style, calming brain food music that yes. the facilitator can just like hit play. Same for breaks. Um, for me, I have been defaulting. If it's anything, if the meeting is anything over an hour, I break every 50 minutes for 10. Yep. Yep. And then as the facilitator, if you're doing that, you have to just be an asshole about it and be like, we're starting at the hour. Because yeah. what you don't want to do, if you're going to be pretty, I want to say generous, <laughs> that seems like a unfair categorization. But if you're going <laughs> to be disciplined about giving breaks and you're going to say, you know, 10 minutes out of the hour, you if that starts to stretch into like 15, 20 minutes out of the hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not the move. You lose everybody. You lose everybody. So um, I've just been really both at the head of the meeting and in terms of breaks, I've just been like, train leaves at noon, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Be on it. Um, and yeah, then people the come subway. back and they're like, what happened? And I'm like, nobody, nobody tell him. He should have been here. <laughs> yeah, you have to guess. <laughs> you have to guess. You have to yeah. be quiet and infer from context. That's one of the things that has emerged at the ready that I'm very excited about, which is for most of our meetings in our internal op rhythm now, if you're late and we're in the check-in round, you have to guess the question. Yeah, totally. Love which that. Which is sometimes fun. It is fun. And yeah. I think we should be more militant about that than yeah. we currently are. I know. I like, do have, have moments when I see um, in mostly in client meetings, somebody like chat to the late people what the check-in round was. And I'm like, don't tell him. Let him guess. Let's just see what yeah. he comes up with. It's fun. Hey, must be present to win. One of must my favorite be. sayings about self-organization. <laughs> exactly. So I agree in terms of the functionality piece. I also think that um, just being more multimodal while using video is really, really useful. So yes. It's so easy to multitask and like we all have pop-ups happening from our Slack and from our iMessage and from wherever overriding what we're seeing on our Zoom screen. And that's, you know, that's like catnip. It's really hard to ignore that. And one of the easiest ways to get around that is for us to be working in something together, looking at something together that's moving, Keep it moving. quickly enough that we actually have to pay attention or we'll get lost. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I've really been trying as a remote facilitator to design for that, to be like, yes. we're in a thing that has motion. Yes. What's the speed at which you have to jog where you stop paying attention to like yeah. every flower, exactly. you know, and every, every bumblebee. And exactly. you're just like, I'm running. Like I got to keep my eyes on the road. Yeah. 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 I love that. And one thing that works well, um, you know, I'm a big fan of like not helping people cause I think it actually helps them to 
engage in a lot of situations. Like I've started when I'm facilitating something like an action meeting or like, you know, any kind of like sort of Kanban meeting to just say where I'm going to start in the list and then just tell them that they need to pay attention and, and go that I'm not going to call on them. And it's amazing. And like, sometimes I'll shuffle the cards halfway through just to keep them on their toes. Um, But it's amazing when you tell people, okay, we're going to start at the top of the doing column and I might shuffle cards around based on priority and what I'm hearing, but I'm not going to call on you. We're just going to go top to bottom. Uh, Mm -hmm. It really, it helps. It helps keep people engaged. I love that. Speaking of engagement, I have a, uh, I don't know what to call this, a quiz for you, a question, uh, a preference. Okay. So Zoom has a feature where you can uh, control the discussion part, the comment part. And you can either have it be no no chat, mm. or you can have it be uh, chat, but only public chat. Mm. Or you can have it be chat plus private chat. Ooh. And I'm curious what you think about those choices. Okay. Well, first, as you know, private chat in Zoom makes me very nervous. <laughs> Personally. Like when you chat yeah. me privately in a group session, I almost always feeling. respond to you in Slack because I like am, I am worried about not like picking you in the drop down and staying right. in and private because it's all commingled. And suddenly I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that asshole. And it's like, no, that's not. <laughs> not that we would ever do that during a meeting. But Okay, so I have I have my own anxiety about private chat. That being said, um, I think it's really valuable to just let people have all of it. So first mm-hmm, of all, mm-hmm. I am 100% pro chat during video. Like mm-hmm. I think interesting things happen. I think people um, who don't want to speak up but want to say something or want to get their question in, yeah. then they have different a learning styles, different participation styles. I think that's dope. Um, you know, even in terms of private chat, like I'm, you know, I made a joke about sort of like the gossipy side of that, but I'll often like, if we're in a team meeting, say at the ready, like I'll private chat to Allie to be like, this would be a good thing for us to use with Cynthia. And it's like, it's not, it's not actually private. It's just not interesting to anyone else because it only pertains to us. You're just sparing them a totally non sequitur. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think, I think leave it all on and like let God sort them out, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. What I'm do you think? That. Yeah, I was just thinking, so I, I I have noticed remote facilitation and remote meetings in general have brought out the polarities and the differences of opinion about work in an interesting way for me. Okay. So like noticing that teams where some people are really loud and some are quiet it kind of exacerbates that a little bit. Like it's really easy to get lost when your version, when your little square of the camera ends up on page two and you're more of an introvert and you're, you know, have a different power dynamic. Like suddenly like you're lost. Um, So I think that there's something there. And what I notice is, is people arguing for two different sides of the coin. So like one group will be like, Oh yeah, chat's great because look at all this inclusion and look at all these different ways to play and the ways that people are able to kind of, um, get their get their voice heard in you know through a different channel, and then I hear other people being like, "It feels like a distraction. I can't keep up with both things at the same time. It feels like you're not listening to me when you're chatting with everyone else." So there's like there are definitely like two different camps mm-hmm. that have emerged, and I don't know that you can satisfy both of them. I don't, think um, you can. and that to me is just like classic classic org design problem where you're just yeah. like, okay. Uh, 
do we want to recognize more a more inclusive approach with like a little bit of a split screen effect on everybody's attention? Or do we want to have everybody coherently in the same exact experience, but have it privilege a certain few? Right. Um, wow. Both of those, not great. But I guess we'll just, <laughs> you know, we'll pick based on what our priorities are right now. Or do we want to like make a working agreement around how we're using those two yeah, things. Exactly. And That's a you know, I think ground. there's a fair there's a fair third option there, which is like, um, you know, use the chat for your questions or use the chat mm-hmm. if you have a comment that we could read later or whatever the thing is. Um, yeah. and I think as a facilitator, I use chat a lot when I'm facilitating um just because rounds take a long time. And in a big call, it's like, I don't necessarily need everyone to like say yes or give me the thumbs up. I use chat a lot for closing rounds just because I'm like, let's just have a thread here rather than taking five minutes to do it in a big group. So I think the facilitator can probably propose some working agreements to deal with that polarity and then get the group's consent. The other thing that um, we did recently that was so fun, I like white knuckled this a little bit, TBH. Uh, (laughs) One of my clients is definitely going to laugh as I say that because I was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. But I was super nervous. So I can't remember if we ever mentioned on the show that we did like a basically like a retro of retros in Parabol. Mm. Thank you, Jordan, for your tech support um, for like. Uh, I think we invited 1,100 people and 900 of them showed up to play in Parable. And it was super, super cool. And then we had all of this good information and we were like, the part you can't do is a 900-person conversation about our results. (laughs) And then we were like, or can we? And so what we did was we created a WebEx Teams channel, which is similar to a Slack channel or a Microsoft Teams channel or, you know, choose your own adventure. And we basically did like a Reddit style threaded discussion that was interactive. We time boxed it to an hour. It was completely voluntary. We gave people the results of the retro with a little bit of summary if they didn't want to read everything, but they had the option to mm-hmm. read all thousand comments or however many there were more than that, however many there mm-hmm. were. And then basically we did, you know, a very similar kind of conversation to a retrospective of like, what did you notice about this? You know, what surprised you about this? What would you like to do about this? Whatever. And it was all chat, no video, no verbal, just written and just threaded. It it. was so fun. It was so, so fun. And I didn't know if it would feel stodgy or it would feel like repetitive to having done the retrospective or people would be like, what's the point of just regurgitating this when we already- Right, we already talked about this. It was like lovely. And people- from across this very large organization who don't even know each other ended up giving each other tips and advice and resources and stuff in threads. It was super, super cool. So I say that to say, like anything else as the facilitator, think about what it is you're designing for and don't Mm -hmm. fall into the trap of everything is a meeting, everything is video, everything is verbal. Because there are like a lot of different ways in this moment to, to chop it up, mix it up. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, because I think the video, no video is another one of those things that people divide on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. I think the the middle ground answer is like video when helpful. Um, and and I, I'm not sure even the ready has a really clear stance on when that is. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know that we've done the work to dig in and be like, when do we not want to be in video? 
and yeah, why? Right. Um, and when do we, you know, when do we use it? And, and obviously, new tools are emerging that allow you to kind of background video in a nice way. So I think we'll see in the next year or two, a suite of different approaches, where it's like, yeah, you know, Rodney's face is on the monitor somewhere, but it's tiny, it's in a circle, and it's hovering over what I'm working on. And mm-hmm. so it's not really like, we're not here for video. Right. Um, but if we need this, if but if we need to highlight that we can like click on each other and, and go to a bigger video context for a second, and then, you know, go, get back to work. Yeah. So I'm excited about that kind of stuff. I think that's going to be awesome because I think about how many things, how many situations I'm in every day where I am co-creating with someone and it's nice to see their face, but realistically their face ends up behind whatever we're working on for 90% of the meeting. So uh, yeah, if they, if I could just have like a a loom style tile of them over the doc I'm in, that would be sufficient. Yeah, I've signed up for a beta of something that does that. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. So in remote facilitation and just remote meetings, what I'm noticing is that they are less fun in most. (laughs) So I think that for so many reasons, and, you know, we all know them all, but like pandemics and being in our houses and emotional crises and et cetera, a lot of us right now are like, let's get in the meeting. Let's get our shit done. Let's get out of here. Oh, mm-hmm. God, it's so nice to be able to swear again also. Yes. Look uh, at you. Love it. Look at you go. I'm really back. <laughs> and now all of all of the like pent up cursing is going to come out. Um, and so I think what we're missing is like we're doing check-in rounds and they're a little bit more expansive and they're a little bit more fun, but we're missing just like the, the actual fun part of mm-hmm. meetings, which is when we at the end just all like hang out and make fun of each other and bullshit <laughs> and are like actually friends. Yeah. Um. So what are you doing as Tater to help with that? Well, it's funny. I think, I think I'm of a slightly different perspective about this, which is I feel like if everybody could show up with a measure of like focus and intensity for a lot less time, then we can hold other space for the fun. Mm-hmm. And so this week at the ready, we tried, or I guess technically it was last week, but in the last seven days, um, we tried a a new game that's like an online collaborative puzzle where you try to defuse a bomb. And a few of us got in a room and we did that for like 45 minutes to see what it, you know, what its uses might be for our work. And it was so great. Like it was so social. It was so hilarious. People were laughing. People were having fun. We weren't trying to do anything else other than like yeah. break this game. Um, and made me think, you know, of Basecamp and other companies I've heard who talk about having like game time, hang right. time, drink time. Um, and, and the trick is you only get to have that if you have the energy to have it and if you have the time to have it. Yeah. And the only way to have both of those is to conserve both of those. Right. And so to me, what I'm noticing that makes me a little bit like, you know, frustrated in my very typical way is I get into a meeting and everybody's kind of there waiting to be held and waiting to be facilitated. And in a kind of a, I don't want to say a lazy way because that's unfair, but in a like, I've had a long day kind of way, which is totally fair. Um, and, and yet, like because of that, the the facilitator has to do this huge energetic lift just to get us to like movement. Mm-hmm. And then it takes longer to just get it done. Yeah. And so I think the like working agreement that I would make with everybody in the world is let's cut the meetings in half. Let's show up with our dance shoes on and like ready to freaking go. Yep. And then 30 minutes later, we're done. We can have 30 minutes to stretch and do yoga and walk in the park. 
And then at the end of the week, we'll have an hour where we get together and drink and play games. Yeah. And like that, I think would be dope. So that's kind of where my head is going is like higher octane, shorter, more of a commitment to just like show up and jazz hand it and then get out of there. And and I think then we kind of get the best of all worlds. But that's from my decidedly, you know, Aaron perspective. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I totally agree with everything that you just said. And in fact, I played that game yesterday with a group of about 30 people at my client and I got to play Alistair facilitated mm. and I hadn't been there. So I got to play for the first time. It was so fun. And the energy <laughs> afterward in the debrief was so high. And so the only thing I would add to what you say is for people who like hear that and they're like, well, that's one more hour at work and blah, 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 blah. I know what you're going to say. It's <laughs> not going to be positive. Um, <laughs> got your that is part of your job. Like actually maintaining human connection and mental health and a sense of fun and play and curiosity right now is work. So don't think of it as like, we'll do everything else first and then we'll hold an hour where we play a game. Think of it as like the game is the social lubricant that makes all of the other things come together and function and prioritize it. Because when it's missing, all of those gears get very rusty and very squeaky and they have a much harder time turning. I love it. I think that's a great place to, to stop, actually. Go play, everybody. Everybody we go play. We gotta wrap it up. All right, cool. Uh, Rodney, thanks for doing this. This was, was awesome. Fun. fun to get back into the topics and yeah. you know, start to think more broadly. Um, folks, uh, if you like what you're hearing, drop us a review. Rodney's been chasing you about it. I'm gonna give you a little PSA today to do it. Uh, reviews helpful they move the they move the podcast to the people who need it um, and a quick tip of the hat to Taylor Marvin for making us sound good brave new work is produced by the ready where we help organizations around the world change the way they work you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at the ready.com and as for you thanks for listening now go change something